You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. And some of us, we get in a relationship too fast. We get in a job too fast. We start something too soon. We're not ready for it. And it blows up in our face because we thought, man, my timing is better than anybody else's timing. I'm having to learn right now that I can't trust my timing. And I've got to learn that, guess what? I'm on the fastest route. Guess what? The marriage that I want is going to take time. So I'm on the fastest route. Hey, raising up good kids, it's going to take 18 years. So I'm on the fastest route. Hey, having a solid walk with God and being a spiritual person, that doesn't just come overnight. So guess what? I am on the fastest route. So I need you to start processing your pressure in a different way. I need you to start thinking to yourself, guess what? This is the fastest way. It doesn't feel the fastest, but I'm still on the fastest route this morning. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. This Friday was National Donut Day. Did anybody celebrate National Donut Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's all right. It's okay to get a donut. I worked out and went and got a donut. That's how it works, okay? I, I work out so I can eat. That is my only motivation, okay? I just want to eat whatever I want. So uh, I went to, oh, real quick, real quick poll. How many are Dunkin' Donut fans? You are Dunkin' Donuts? You prefer Dunkin' Donuts? I, 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 I feel you. And how many are your Krispy Kreme? Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody booed on both. You're just anti-donuts or something. They just, they just think the devil makes donuts or something. So, but I went to Dunkin' Donuts because we were too lazy to drive over to uh, Krispy Kreme. And so we get there. It's 8 o'clock, and we just had dinner. We wanted to celebrate National Donut Day. So I pull up to the drive-thru, and I'm kind of a weird creature of habit. I just find something I like, and I'll just, I'll just get the same thing. I don't really care that much. So I typically like an apple fritter. So I pull up and my kids get what they want. And I was like, I'll take an apple fritter. The guy's like, hey, sorry, we're out. I was like, not a problem. I'll take a long john. We're out. Not a problem. I'll take a regular donut with chocolate and sprinkles. We're out. I was like, (laughs) yeah, you know where I was going. I was like, let's try this again. I'll take any donut you have. At this point, what do you have? He's like, well, basically we have everything. I was like, no, you don't. Because I just asked you four different donuts and you're out, you know. And my wife just looks over at me because she knew I was like, and, and you know, it probably was some high school kid, you know, job. But just his answers to me, I was like, oh. She was like, not today, Satan. I was like, shut up, woman. I was like. I want a donut right now, all right? And uh, they don't have my selection, so I ended up getting a blueberry donut. Like, why are you putting blueberries in a donut? That belongs in a muffin, but not on a donut. A donut should just totally be unhealthy. That's, that's, but that was all the guy had left. He had plain and blueberry, all right? And I was like, well, I need something other than just a plain donut. So, uh, yeah, but when we're talking about uh, the, the temptations that we face, sometimes they're simple ones, right? But then sometimes they're much bigger. And some of you are like, really? A donut was the worst of your problems this week? <laughs> and I'm just using that as a silly illustration because obviously no. And obviously that's not the worst of yours. But isn't it amazing how it could be one little thing like you didn't get a donut or you couldn't get your coffee? Ever been to Starbucks? Somebody takes your order, so now you've got to wait another 15 minutes because there happens to be like four or five other people with your same name. That's why it's like, just start saying Micaiah. Nobody will take your drink, okay? Just, just, just put that name out there. Nobody's going to take your drink. If your name's Bob or Sarah, forget it. 
forget it. Your drink is going to be gone all day long. So what happens is we come into these moments that, you know, a little bit uncomfortable, but it's amazing how that can just turn into a really bad moment, right? Everyone on date night, and date night turned out to be fight night, because you're like, we're supposed to be on a date, but we are arguing, we are fighting. What is going on? What's the deal? Because Satan loves to take our, our, these, these busy moments and turn them into bad moments. He loves to do it. We said it like this last week. We said this. We said, Satan loves to take advantage of our disadvantage. Whenever you find yourself at a disadvantage, the car breaks down, you have an argument with a coworker, a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, you have an argument with your children, whoever it might be, all of a sudden now there's a disadvantage. Now there's tension, and it seems like Satan just picks that opportunity to kind of pounce on it. And so we're looking at, and we're stepping back, and we're saying, hey, how do we get victory over it? So last week we looked about at some principles of pressure, and we specifically talked about how we can convert that pressure. But I don't feel like last, last week's message was done because you got it that we're not supposed to cope with the pressure. But then you, you, you got it where, oh, yeah, I need to convert that pressure. But isn't converting pressure easier said than done? Like some of you, didn't you just walk away kind of feeling like I only got half the equation from last week's message? Like there's got to be another piece. And I went home thinking, you know, that, that's it. I'm done talking about pressure. There, there's nothing really left. But then I just began to think about pressure in my own mind. And I was like, wait a minute. I still, that does, doesn't really change how I feel about pressure. So I'm glad you came back this week because we're going to be looking at how to make peace with pressure. That's going to be today's topic. How do you actually make peace with the pressure you're under? Like not just coping with it, but that you're in the middle of chaos, but you've got an inner calm. Like I want to be that person. You ever met that person? Like everything's just going crazy, but they are just so at peace with everything. Where you and I, we fall apart into pieces, but they're just even keel. They're just going. They just have that calm. And so that's what we're really going to dive into because we see that when it comes to pressure, a lot of us feel like we're boxed in. We feel like it's a prison, and this pressure is just mounting. It's just building. And at every level that you go, it just seems like there's more pressure. And we said week number one, that pressure, if you see it as a prison, you're going to be trying to escape it or endure it. But if you see pressure in the correct way, it's actually a platform that's taking you higher. It's allowing you to go to new levels. So that's what we're looking at. But this week, we want to study how can we actually have peace in the middle of pressure? Because there's going to be a thing called a temptation that Satan loves to use. The devil loves to use a temptation. It's his oldest trick, right? You say, what is a temptation? A temptation is a strong desire to do something wrong. That's what a temptation is. It's just a strong desire to do something wrong. And I heard one person, and they were kind of being a little bit humorous. They said, the fastest way to get rid of temptation is to give in. And I was like, I don't know if that's, that should be our, our right technique, right? Like, like, yeah, I just give in. That's the best way to get rid of it. Another person said, always run away from temptation, but not too fast so you make sure it can catch you. You know, I mean, it just seems like that, that's not a great strategy either. So how do we deal with temptation? And sometimes you may feel like I've felt that Hey, God, I feel like this is a temptation maybe coming from you. But you got to understand, the devil is going to use a temptation while God is going to use a test. And there is a difference. You see, a temptation is to get you to do the wrong thing 
where God is going to get you and give you a test. And the test is so that your faith would grow and your obedience would grow. While as a temptation, it's all about disobedience. So you need to understand that there should be different ones. And you may feel like, wait a minute, is this a test from Satan? No, no, no. The test comes from God. But the temptation always comes from the devil because God's not tempting you to do the wrong thing. He will put you in a test and a difficult situation to grow you and to build you. And sometimes that's what we need because here's something I want you to know about you. There's more to you. But the only way you find out that there's more is when you go under an extreme test, when you really push the limits. So I want to take your and turn your attention to two verses of Scripture. We're not going to be long today. It's going to be hot today, and we got Otter Pops on the way out. So we want to get in and get out and beat the heat, okay? Is that all right? We just spend the next few minutes together. But if you have a copy of God's Word, would you turn it to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10? We're going to look at two verses. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen, or you can use your mobile device, and you can check it out on there. But let's look at just two verses. This is the Apostle Paul writing. And he's talking specifically about temptation. Because the biggest thing is when we're under pressure, that's when it seems like that's when the temptation comes, doesn't it? But here's the thing about temptation. When I'm under extreme pressure, you know my biggest temptation? It's not necessarily to do something wrong. And it might be the same for you. When you're under extreme pressure in your family, in your relationships, your marriage, your dating, wherever it might be in, with your kids, or maybe with your husband, your wife, or maybe with your job, or maybe with the Lord. Maybe when that pressure comes and all of a sudden you just feel this great weight. You know what probably your biggest temptation is? And I think it's the same with mine too. It's not the temptation to necessarily go cheat on my wife. That's not a big temptation. That's not. It's not a big temptation for me to say, hey, you know what? I got some financial struggles. Uh, let's go into a bank and let's rob them. That's, that's honestly, those, that doesn't pass my, my brainwaves. That just doesn't pop up. It doesn't pass my brainwaves to say, you know what? I'm just going to drive this car and, and ride into that person that I'm really mad at. I, no, that thought doesn't cross my mind. Maybe it crosses yours, but I don't hate people that much, you know? And uh, uh, we need counseling for you, and uh, we'll talk afterward. Uh, so, but... My biggest temptation when I'm under extreme pressure is to quit. He said, my marriage isn't going well. It's not for me to cheat. It's for me to get out of the relationship. Just being honest. When things aren't going well at work, my biggest temptation is, fine, I'll go find somewhere else. I don't have to put up with this. You see, my biggest temptation is actually to walk away, is actually to quit and to give up. When anything hard happens, that's when I'm like, forget this. I don't want to do this. And I feel like that's a lot of our temptation is actually to quit. And so how do we make peace with that pressure? How do we come to these extreme moments where you're just like, man, I want to wave the white flag. I want to surrender. I want to walk away. I'm done with this. I just, I just got to quit. How do you remain under that pressure? That's what we're going to look at. And if you have your Bible open, let's read these two verses because I think Paul's going to give us some insight. He says this in verse number 12. He says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Because there's, there are sometimes we just think, I'm so strong, I'll never fall. I'll never fall. And earlier in this chapter, he started talking about the nation of Israel, that God's chosen nation, and how they fell time and time again. So he's saying, guess what? Stay humble. He's saying, don't give in to the temptation that you've got it all together. He's saying, if you think you're strong, and I've literally heard people, that they will say things like this. I'm too strong. The devil can't get me. And I'm like, oh, oh I think you just called out the devil, man. 
I think you just set yourself up for a very, very bad week. And sometimes we feel like that's strong. Oh, nothing ever is going to happen to my marriage. Nothing's ever going to happen to my relationship. Nothing bad is ever going to happen. And all of a sudden you feel this extreme pressure and then you feel like quitting. So Paul says, wait a minute, don't get prideful. Don't think that you've just got this in the bag, that you could just handle this. Matter of fact, he goes on to say this. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Let me read it again. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. What is Paul talking about? He's saying, hey, there's a way to make peace with your pressure. There is a way to make peace with that pressure. Not so you got to wave the white flag and you got to quit and you got to walk away, but how do we make peace with the pressure that we're under? That's what we're going to look at today. You see, we've looked in the last several weeks. The first week we talked about pressure as our platform. We talked about pressure releases power, but now we're going to see how do we make peace with that pressure. And the first of all, I've got to ask you a question. It starts with this. How do you process your pressure? I have a ministry coach, and we, we chat once a month, and we just kind of talk about some different things. And uh, he asked me a question. He said, how are you processing everything right now? How, what's, what's going on through your mind? Are you thinking, like, everybody's picking on you, that it's just that, that you're turning into a victim? Like, poor me, why me? He said, because that negative thinking will take you to negative places. And you're not going to be uh, solving these problems. Instead, you're going to think that these problems are just all out to get you and you'll just quit under it. So i got to ask you a question. How are you processing your pressure? Because you're under a different type of pressure. We're all under pressure. So how are you processing it? What are you thinking about that pressure? Let me give you three things, three ways we typically think about pressure. We either fight it, we fly from it, or we freeze under it. Fight, flight, or freeze. That's the way we handle our pressure. You ever froze under pressure? You just don't know what to do. I've been in conversation with people, and it gets intense, it gets pressure, and they just don't say anything. I have a brother. Anytime we get in any confrontation, he just doesn't say anything. Nothing. I'm like, bro, you've got to talk to me. We can't work this out. You can't just stare at me. And he's like, oh, yes, I can. And he'll just stare. And some of you are like, I'm in a relationship with that person. Like, they don't talk. Like, as soon as it gets confrontational, let me tell you why. Because they saw their parents' marriage blow up because of confrontation. So they know that path doesn't work. So they're like, it's better to say nothing than to get negative and watch the marriage blow up. So I just won't say anything. And sometimes we don't know that about the person. Or maybe you're the person that says, is there pressure? Let's fight it. Let's go toe-to-toe. Hey, you hurt me, I'll hurt you back. And so we get that pressure. All of a sudden, we just fight the pressure. We just fight it. Anyway, we get angry. We get upset. Or there's some people that fly away from it. They're like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Can't handle this pressure. Can't deal with it. Got to get away from it. And so we need to step back and say, say, how do we handle this pressure? And the biggest thing when we're under this pressure, you know what happens? We kind of think, God, why are you making it take so long? You ever just felt like this is lasting forever? Like, when is this going to end? Like, when am I ever going to get done with this? I'm glad we got at least one person that's talking with me this morning. Come on, engage. It ain't that hot. We can, we can talk to each other, all right? We've been there. We're just like, this is taking a long time. And that's what happens under pressure. We just feel like this lasts forever. Ever done a plank? You know what I mean? You know what a plank is? You're in a plank position, and then your coach says, hold that for 60 seconds. You're like, if I was a pastor, I'd be saying some nasty words at you. You know, you're just planking, and everything's starting to, like, shrivel up. All right. I think, and 
my coach is in here from the gym I go to, and Friday he had this, he, he folded us into pretzels on Friday. And I was like, are you mad at us or something? Like, what, what is this? He was like, hired. I'm like, my body doesn't do that. Like, I don't know what, what you're thinking. It was like, fold them up, fold them up. And I was just like, I hate you, man, you know? And it's like, you just feel this pressure, and all of a sudden you just feel like it's taking forever, and you're looking at that clock, and it seems like the clock is going slower and slower and slower. Because that's what it seems like when you're under pressure. Here's what's interesting, though. And i got to make a little confession uh, in front of the church publicly. There actually are two other women in my life. All right? Now, before you freak out, let me give you their names. It's Siri and Alexa. Okay? All right? Two other women in my life. And I, I rely on these women when I need to drive somewhere. All right? These are my go-to women. All right? They just, they just kind of know. I mean, whoever created this AI software is pretty ingenious because they know when there's heavy traffic and they know how to reroute me, even though sometimes they'll want to reroute me through a route that I think, no, it's going to take a lot longer if I take the 680 instead of taking the 880. And then you, you trust, like everything inside of you is like, oh, don't do it. But then you still get on the 680. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to be so late. And then what do they inevitably say? You are still on the fastest route. And you're like, oh, but it doesn't feel like the fastest route. I just feel like I'm under all this pressure, and now I'm stuck in traffic, and I'm here to tell you this morning, and that's exactly what Paul is telling us. He is telling us that even though you're under this extreme pressure, you are still on the fastest route. You see, you think it's taking forever, and you think it's super slow. We don't have time, but if you were to study this entire chapter, he starts going into the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, they wandered in the desert for 40 years, and they were thinking, man, why is it taking us 40 years? Because too often, we can get to a destination too soon, and we're not ready for it. And you get there, and here's the thing. Talent will get you into a room, but only character will keep you in the room. And some of us, we get in a relationship too fast, we get in a job too fast, we start something too soon, we're not ready for it, and it blows up in our face because we thought, man, my timing is better than anybody else's timing. I'm having to learn right now that I can't trust my timing, and I've got to learn that, guess what, I'm on the fastest route. Guess what, the marriage that I want is going to take time. So I'm on the fastest route. Hey, raising up good kids, it's going to take 18 years. So I'm on the fastest route. Hey, having a solid walk with God and being a spiritual person, that doesn't just come overnight. So guess what? I am on the fastest route. So I need you to start processing your pressure in a different way. I need you to start thinking to yourself, guess what? This is the fastest way. It doesn't feel the fastest, but I'm still on the fastest route this morning. So I don't need to give in to it. But then I love this. Would you look again at verse number 13? Here's what the scripture says. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And I hope that makes you feel better this morning. That guess what? We can share each other's pain. We know what you're going through. But then he says this. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Now the word allow is a permission giving word. It has to do with authority. It has to do with who's in charge. Remember in elementary school where you needed a hall pass to go into the restroom? And if you were caught in the halls during class time, if you didn't have that hall pass, you had to sneak around. You had a Mission Impossible, that thing, and you're trying to sneak around. But as soon as you had that hall pass, you were like, yeah, what now? They see me rolling. I got a hall pass. Don't be jealous, you know. And it's why? Because you had permission. You see, what God is trying to teach you this morning, that guess what? That pressure you're under you're not under it arbitrarily. That pressure needed permission from God to come to you. And sometimes we forget that. 
We think it's just arbitrary. We think that's the devil. That's Satan. I didn't rebuke that. No, no, no. Everything that comes into your life needed permission from God. It just couldn't come to you. And so you need to step back and say, guess what? God gave this permission to come into my life. This didn't just happen on accident. It needed permission. So here's the thing. When it needs permission, what too often we do is we prioritize different pressure. We don't prioritize it in the right way. We, we, we need to step back and say, did I let this thing have permission into my life? What am I doing with this? How am I, how am I handling this? Because it needed permission. That pressure needed permission from God. God said, hey, I allow these things. And there's certain things God isn't allowing and certain things he is. So if you're sitting in the middle of an intense situation and you're sitting in the middle of pressure like you've never felt before, I'm here to tell you this morning, God gave that permission. It didn't just happen by accident. So we get to step back and say, you know what? That helps me this morning. That helps me to not trust my own. That helps me not to rely on myself to think that, man, now how am I going to get out of this? No, because here's what I learned. I love what one pastor said this week. He said, guess what? If it's God's possession, it's God's problem. We're God's possession, so it's his problem. I don't have to wear that. So I'm under intense pressure. You're under intense pressure. But you can understand and step back and say, guess what? God's going to handle this because he's the one giving permission to it. I'm moving quick because I want to spend a lot of time on this third point. And this is probably my favorite point by far. Verse number 13, he says, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Would you touch your neighbor and say, you can endure this morning? You can endure. Because too often we don't think we can endure. Too often we look at the pressure and the situation and we say, I can't endure this. I'm not strong enough for this. And here's what... Paul is trying to get us to understand, you can endure. You can make it. This pressure is intense. It is rough, but you can make it. But here's the thing. I'm confused. You say, what do you mean you're confused? Because he said in one verse, hey, I will make it so you can find a way out of it so that you can endure. I thought we weren't supposed to escape. I thought we were supposed to embrace. So, Paul, which is it? Do you want me to escape this or do you want me to endure it? And here's the thing. It's optional. He's saying it's optional. He's saying if you want to escape it, that's, there'll be a way out. There'll be a way out. That's part of temptation. Temptation is the easy button. There will always be a way out, so you've got a choice. He said, but you can endure. Do you see what Paul's trying to say? He's trying to say, don't get into a situation where you are so depressed, you are so discouraged that you think there's not a way out. No, there's always a way out. But he's saying, but you can endure. And I love what James 1.4 says. It says, but let patience or pressure have its perfect work that you might be perfect. That is building something inside of you. As you remain under that pressure, it's creating endurance in your life. This week, I just wrote one thing in my journal, one word, endurance. If there's one thing I want more of, it's the endurance. I look at these ultra marathoners, these people that will run 100 miles, and, and they just kind of run 100 miles like it's nothing. Go without sleep, and they'll, they won't sleep for three days and run 100 miles, and they're just like, oh, it's great, it's fun. I was like, you're crazy. But they have this endurance. You know what I want? I want endurance in my marriage. I want the endurance to last during the hard times. You know what I want with my three children? I want endurance. You know what I want in life? I want endurance. I don't want to be the person that as soon as the pressure comes, all of a sudden I start waving the white flag. And during this last month, can I tell you, just personally for me, there's been pressure like no other. And my biggest temptation has been the temptation to just quit. To just walk away. Just be like, I'm done. I've been at this for five years. My brother, he called me up and he meant to be encouraging. But he's like, bro. Life sucks for you. I was like, I, I don't know how to receive that. Like, thanks. I think, I guess, you know. He's like, yeah, 
the hits just keep coming. And we're just wondering, like, when are you going to quit? And I was like, uh, thanks. I'm going to go cry in my corner now. Like, thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. Uh, you know, you ever had that friend or that sibling that's just like, why are you, why keep going? Just, just quit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not today, Satan. That's, that's, that, that's not today. I'm not quite there. I feel like it, but I'm not quite there. So I told my wife, I didn't know what to do. So when I don't know what to do, I just go for a walk. I just go for a walk. Just, I just get out. I just go for a walk. And I was walking, and late at night, and my wife, she's worried because of my skin color. I'm white, and my neighborhood isn't predominantly white. So she worries about me, uh, and, and I'm not exactly big, and so she really worries about me. And it's kind of like having a mom sometimes. It's really great. She's like, you got your pepper spray, and you, you got a knife. You, you, you know 911, right? It's 9 and 1 and 1. You can call that, right? Okay, all right, be safe. I love you. Bye-bye. You know, and so that was our conversation because it was about 11 o'clock at night. So I just went out because I said, I don't know what else to do. I just got to talk to God. And so I was just out wandering the streets and just kind of walking. And I, and I get in weird places where I just kind of talk to myself and I just kind of pray out loud, asking God for direction, asking him to help me in this situation. And I was walking along and honestly, it was a low point. It just was. You ever been there where you're just feeling real low? And it, honestly, the best way out seems like just call it. Just say, hey, I did my best. I've been at it for five years. How many hits can I keep taking? And all of a sudden, I was walking under an overpass, and that's where I was like, this is where I die, right here, right here. This is a good enough spot. At least, at least I'm done. And you ever have those thoughts where you're like, if something else takes me out, then it's not really my fault, and I kind of go down like a hero. Like, he was slugging it out. He was fighting the man. He went down. Let's all mourn him, you know, and whatnot. And I was like, at least I get a good ending, a good ending. And then I was walking along, and all of a sudden, it was like, I don't know. And you're going to think this is like, no, you did this. I was walking along. And I saw somebody took some chalk and wrote something on the sidewalk. I want to put up on the screen what I saw that night at about midnight. I don't know if you can see it. It's real faded. It's one word. It's the word resist. You ever walk through a season in a moment and you're just like, I don't know if I can resist anymore. I don't know if I've got the fight left. I don't know if I can really keep going. Like, God, I know you said that there's no temptation that will take you out, but I feel like this one, this one may do it. I feel like my spouse and I, we just, we just fight too much, so I think this is it. My job is just not working out, so I just feel like this is it. My kids, we just, we just don't get along, so, so I feel like this is it. But then at that moment, I had a thought. Here's the thought, and maybe it will encourage you. It was simply this. Your pressure's not going away. I was like, thanks. A lot. Yippee. But then the thought went on. Your pressure's not going away, so why should you? Your pressure ain't going away, so why should you? And that's the, the decision we have to make. It's can I find peace under the pressure? Can I get to the point where I say, you know what? This pressure isn't going away. So guess what? Neither am I. So here is what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, guess what? Resist it. He's saying, guess what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Get back up and fight again. You see, what my coach, my mentor was talking about in ministry, he said, it's amazing. You guys have just taken a hit. But here's what's really cool. Now you guys know how to take a hit. You see, it's one thing to give a hit. It's an entirely different thing when you know how to take a hit. I brought something this morning just because I was in my office, and I just had these. I don't know why I really had them. But all of a sudden, I just thought, man, this is, this is just one of those situations where you just feel like you're down and out. 
You're like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to take off the gloves. and I'm just, I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. But at that moment, it's like, no, no, no. This pressure is not going away. So why should I? If the pressure is not going to go away, then guess what? We get up for the fight. If the pressure is going to stay, then guess what? So are we. Guess what? The pressure in your marriage is not going to go away. So guess what? Don't try to find another marriage. The pressure in your job is not going to go away. So guess what? Don't just walk away from it. Say, you know what? The pressure is here, but guess what? So am I. Because there's no temptation taking you, but such as a common demand. So God is saying, hey, look, you've got this pressure. Let's make peace with it. And the best way to make peace with it is say, I'm ready. Let's go another round. Yeah, you may knock me down, but guess what? Let's go another round. So, Dad, come on. You may feel like a failure, but let's go another round. Hey, Dad, you may feel like you're not doing a great job, but let's go another round. Hey, guess what? I'm not just going to pick on the guys. Guess what? I got a pink glove in here, too. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will rock pink for the church. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's right. Represent. So, come on, ladies. When you just feel like I'm just done trying to measure up, just trying to perform, guess what? You say, you know what? I'm going to go one more round. We just feel like I can't make it in the relationship. I just can't make it in the marriage. I just can't make it with the kids. At that moment, you say to pressure, guess what? Guess what? You're not going to go away, so neither am I. So there's got to be a stubborn tenacity built into us at the very deep heart and core of our soul that just says, guess what? I'm going to get back up. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to quit. Because we have too many people that they're tempted under the pressure to walk away and to quit. And we've got to have a tenacity deep down inside that says, guess what? The temptation's not going anywhere because I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep going. You can endure. And that's what Paul's trying to get us to. He's trying to get us to that point where we understand that we can endure, that we can make it. One of the most famous games that Michael Jordan ever played was the 1997 playoffs against the Utah Jazz. It's called the infamous flu game. Did anybody remember seeing it on TV? Remember that? How he scored 38 points and he was just sick as a dog. He came in an hour before the game and he went down in history. Why? Because of what he can endure. You see, you've got to get to a point where you say, I'm going to make peace with this pressure. This pressure isn't going away, so I'm going to make peace with it. How do I make peace with it? I just say, hey, you're staying, so am I. I'm not going to walk away at this point. I'm not going to give up under this pressure that you say, I'm still here. I'm not going to walk away. So you can come to a point where you say, you know what? I'm at peace with this pressure. I'm at peace with it. There's no reason to give up. There's no reason to walk away. It's just too soon. And so at that moment, we understand that, God, you are doing something so big and so great. And then we miss out on the fact that, guess what, it's in those moments, we find out what we're made out of. We find out what God is really trying to do. We find out that he's trying to show us something. You see, I get it. You're done trying to prove things to others. And, yeah, you could stop that. But in the middle of you stop proving things to others, you stop proving things to yourself. And a lot of you don't know that you can make it. And a lot of you, when any time any pressure comes along, you just kind of wave that white flag and you're done. You quit. You walk away. You either fight it, you fly from it, or you freeze under it. And God's saying, hey, how, what if you made pressure? What if you made peace with that pressure? What if you just came to a point and says, hey, all right, I'm okay with this. That even if it doesn't change, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to walk away from this. I'm not going to step back from this. That I'm going to continue under this pressure. I love this verse in Proverbs. It says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. And I feel like too often we fail under the pressure. Instead of saying, God, you know what? I'm at peace with this pressure. I'm going to surrender to what you want to do right here, right now in this moment. I told you it wouldn't be long. I'm going to ask the worship team to come out to the stage as we wrap things up. Would you stand with me? We're not going to be long today. We're going to cut it short. 
But I felt like it was vitally important for you and I to find peace under the pressure. For you and I to get to a point where we say, you know what, God, if you're not going to take away this pressure, and if it's not going to go away, then I've made a decision in my heart, neither am I, that I'm not about to quit. I'm not about to walk away. I'm about to let this situation create a peace inside of me that does something great. The disciples, right after Jesus had been crucified, they were in a bad situation. It says in John chapter 20, verse number 19, that they were all in a house hiding, and they locked the doors because they were afraid that maybe they would be next, that some people would come and crucify them. And it was all locked in, and they weren't sure what was about to happen. And so at that moment, in that, in that situation, all of a sudden, that's when, as they were afraid, the Bible says that Jesus appeared to them. You see, what you don't know is you feel like, man, I'm locked in this situation. And you may feel like I've locked all the doors. There's no way in. But God can always get into that situation. You're under that intense pressure, but I'm here to tell you, God can get into that. God can get into that relationship and fix it. God can get into that job and fix it. God can get into that pressure and help you. Because God says, guess what? That pressure needed my permission. So God allowed it because he's trying to build your endurance. He's trying to get you to become a better you. And the only way is extreme pressure. We just say, you know what? I can go through this. I can endure this. I'll keep going. I'm not about to give up. I'm not about to quit. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? I feel like the last several weeks we've been talking about pressure. And each week I feel like we're building on something. I feel like we're learning more about pressure. Each week just kind of builds. Because I feel like so many of us are under such intense pressure right now. Not just as a community, not just as a family, not just as a gathering. But as individuals, I feel like we're just going through it. I've talked to so many of you. Your job is so intense. You're in a relationship season that's intense, it's busy. You just feel like, man, instead of fighting with one another, you're fighting at one another. And so I just want to pray for you. Nobody's looking around, just us. And you're saying, yeah. I really feel like surrendering. I really feel like quitting. I really feel like, man, I don't know if I can keep going. Can I pray for you this morning? Can I ask God to give you strength to resist? Can I ask God that he would meet you in that situation? If that's you, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Is that you? I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands up all over this theater. God bless you. Thank you for being honest for God. You would put your hands down. Because that's what he went to in verse number 12. He says, hey, if you think you're strong enough to stand, be careful. Because guess what? You're set up for a fall. But when we admit that, guess what? I'm not as strong as I think. All of a sudden, God says, I can help you. Because God makes his strength perfect in our weakness. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.